Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. I mean, what's that football focus doing? Last week they had Brady. This week they got Brady. We're doing it. We're literally doing it differently from everybody else. As a matter of fact, moving forward from this point on, I will not make reference to PFL. Ready to get into it? Yeah, yeah. All right. We're going team by team. I would be very careful with my sling and stuff. Am I going to get sued? Is that legal on this? I like football, like football season, all the things that go with it. Welcome in to the PFF NFL Podcast, Steve Pelizzolo, Sam Monson. We're live on YouTube. Sorry for the late start. I was, you know, I was on Dan Patrick just wow. now, live. You big-timed your own show for, yes. for Dan Patrick. Yes, I did. Okay. I had to, we re-ran a little over, Dan and I, hmm. just talking some NFL, talking ball with Dan Patrick. But we're here. We're ready. We're live on YouTube. And, uh, you know, I might, we might crank out three shows today. Who knows? We'll see what happens wow. behind the scenes. Some fun stuff. But the real one today... The NFL schedule will be released tomorrow night, and they are they're drip feeding yeah. the schedule out right now. It's already flying all over the place. We've got uh, Black yeah. Friday games. We've got uh, international games. We've got all kinds of stuff coming out. Christmas we should, games. We should break one of the games. Let's do we that. Break one of the games. Yeah, let's make up a game. Like if I said Patriots at Dolphins well, week you know, one, that's probably pretty safe. It's happened the last seven years. Right. I mean, you know who's playing whom. You just don't know necessarily when. You yeah, know? so you I just, do. just need to make up a date. I got the Patriots at the Dolphins. Yeah. I got the uh, the Jets and Bills playing. When it doesn't happen, just say like I got, I got bad Sorry. info. Remember last Source year there was a, down. there was a schedule leak guy that was going super viral and nothing was right. <laughs> he was like, he's just doing this. Packers Bears Week Ten NAO yeah. Fox game and uh, in Canada and everybody's like, wow, look at this because he was just doing this like oh, I was just, just yeah. start putting. But he stuff put, so, put like a little context behind it too, which yeah. is great. Um, anyway, so we're going to talk, you know, we'll talk a little bit about the schedule stuff. Talk about the Chiefs at wide receiver one. We got some email questions about the Chiefs, wide receiver one. And a very good question about PFF grades and war, wins above replacement, our value-driven metric that is, uh, that is based off the grades. So we'll get into a lot of that today. Mm-hmm. What else going on in well, So what we were going to start with was um, before we actually had games leak out, the idea being who would you want to see get the most primetime games? Because that, like, to be Always honest. the Chiefs now. Like, you want to see Mahomes. Right, because to be honest, I'm kind of underwhelmed by the concept of the schedule release. We already know who's playing whom. I don't really care when it's happening, generally. You know, we're going to be watching basically every game we can anyway. So, I, I, I get it if you're, like, planning a road trip. You know, I need to know when the Bengals are playing wherever because I have to book flights and whatever. That makes sense to me. Just, like, 
otherwise, when random games are taking place, I don't know. Whatever. Yeah, I don't. They're I don't happening. Really I don't really care about the order, but a lot of people do. Um, but the thing I think that is kind of interesting, or at least affects you, is who's playing on prime time. Because you know, there's a lot of bad games in prime time, and I would like to avoid those in favor of good games. So who should be getting as many prime time games as possible? The Chiefs, obviously. Cardinals got to be the front runner. The Cardinals. Cardinals. Got to see the Cardinals rebuild effort here. No, no. They're. I just want to see the. Amazon Prime schedule. See what Al's getting himself into now, this year. Yes, and we're now in a world where there's a couple of new rules. I think this year, where no longer has every team got to appear in primetime games. Is that right? No, they can't so. flex them anymore. They they thought they were going to flex them and right. they nixed that. But I believe they've now instituted a rule where not every team must have a primetime game. Consequently, the Cardinals should never appear in primetime this year. You know what's not new? What? The PFF NFL podcast is sponsored by Western and Southern Financial Group. Mm. While you focus on your roster moves, Western Southern is right there to help you advance your money moves. Buying your first home, planning to start a family, wondering how to make your money grow? Well, Western Southern's playbook of life insurance, investment, and retirement solutions helps you rest assured on game day. Team up to understand needs and address goals with a game plan built just for you. Get started at westernsouthern.com slash PFF. So where are the so the prime some of the, the foreign games? Well, I, yeah. So let's start with this. I, the Cardinals should not be appearing in primetime. Who should year. have the most primetime games? The Chiefs should be appearing in primetime as much as humanly possible. It's all the best teams. The Bengals should be. No, no, not necessarily Chiefs, all the best. Chiefs, Bengals, Bills. Chiefs, Bengals, Bills should be in primetime a lot. The Jets should be in primetime a lot. Regardless of how good they are, the Jets being in primetime will be fun. Big story. Because Aaron Rodgers. And frankly, that's even more interesting if it's going badly. So that's one where there's no downside, you know? How about the Bears? Bears. As like a team that's not scheduled to be one of the top six or seven yeah. teams, but it's like the Justin Fields, all the new talent that they've Bears added. Bears would be a good one. Big market team as well. Yeah. Chicago. Get the Bears up there. Bears would be a good one. I don't like, I don't hate that. How about, finally, the Jags? The Jags should be getting some, prime, not the most primetime games, but I, we're going to see the Jags on Sunday or Monday Night so Football So what, what about Green Bay? Because they're usually a primetime stalwart because they've had Brett Favre and then Aaron Rodgers for the last 20-odd years. Now they don't, but they're yeah. still, you know, it's still a compelling story, right? How well Jordan Love is playing, how good the Packers are, whether or not they made a mistake letting go of Rodgers. It's still interesting, even if their quarterback stinks. Yeah, I'm not I mean, saying he does. I'm saying we don't know. I think, the, I think teams like the Packers, I mean, the Giants, they all get primetime games no matter what. Remember how many times over the last five or six years that it's like the Giants are on primetime three out of the next four but weeks how much and they, of that, they have no business right, being but there. But how much of Green – so New York can make sense because they're, you know, New York. It's a pretty big media market. Green Bay, there's seven people in the back of somebody's garden otherwise. Like there's nothing to that place. They, they exist because of their success and quarterback play. But seriously, you go we have, back. We have Green Bay ownership listening to this podcast. Please don't trash them. Go back before Brett Favre. The Packers were like struggling to sell out their like they had they were a backwater in NFL terms as well as geographic terms. Right. The Magic Man. Then they get Brett Favre, they get Aaron Rodgers, they go on a 20-year run of, you know, very good play and it's impossible to get tickets and I mean, they sell could. out the stadium years in advance, blah blah blah. But does that still hold if the success goes away? You could make the same statement for the Patriots. Yeah. The Patriots, pre-Drew Bledsoe, were ready to sure. move and get out of there. and They could barely get people to the, that but old think, stadium. And then Bledsoe turned things around. And then, of course, Tom Brady really turned things around. But both teams may be saddled back to uh Right. And I mediocrity. think that backs up my argument, which is you wouldn't want the Patriots on primetime much now, right? 
At least this year, you would. I think, I think it takes a year for that stuff to kick in. The post-Brady Patriots were interesting because it's like, okay, what do you do? For their new quarterback, first time in 20 years. Right. Cam Newton's taken over. But now they're They're not. interesting. I mean, they're still somewhat interesting. They're not bad. But like you're, you, you know, in this But they're a mid-level of... team the same way the Packers could be this year with Jordan Love. But I think it's going to take a year to figure out, okay, what's happening. But like you would, you would put the Giants on prime time because New York is watching, regardless of how good or bad they are, right? You are not doing that now for Green Bay or... New England, because they're not that interesting, and they're not as good, so they're not bringing the entirety of their fan base to the table anymore. Man, we're having a June discussion in May. A who are your favorite? Who else do you want to see in primetime? Eagles, Cowboys? Yes, Eagles. Eagles are a good one. Cowboys, Cowboys are yeah, always sure. there. They're, they're always there, but I'm less interested the in them than the Eagles this year. Uh, any other sneaky teams? I'll say this. The PFF power rate. I want the Chargers. Chargers are going to be hype. I'm ready. For the hype train, again, give me the Chargers. So I want a couple of early primetime games for Denver, and then I want the ability to never see them again if it's the same as last year. If it's bad, yeah, yeah. Like, I don't want another Intrigue one of Intrigue because Sean Payton's there. Yes. And early in the season, even if it's terrible, it'll be compelling. But, like, when you get to whatever that game was against Indianapolis that, like, I wish I could remove from my brain – it was like 12-9 or whatever it was, where it was just one of the most miserable football occasions in NFL history. That was history. the game where I'm sure Al was like, $25 million or another 12-9 overtime game, yeah. Broncos-Colts. Like I don't seriously know. debating if the money is worth it. You yeah. Know? And the steak dinner in the back. Like, yeah. I, I could have one of these at home. Or I, I can have eat. a free steak and a 12-9 overtime game yeah. versus the $25 million. Right. Whatever. He must have been at that point seriously considering whether it was worth the money. And yeah. I don't want another one of those. <laughs> so... I want the ability to Those maybe. Are fun. No, they're not though. Late in the season, they're not. Early, maybe. Like if you get if it's week two, then it's like, oh, this this Denver thing's unspooling in a hurry. If it's late in the year, you're like, oh god, we've seen it already. Just enough. Put it out of its misery. End it. Uh, the Dolphins would be interesting. I mean, yeah. look, you and I we're football fans, right? We want to watch every. I, I think the Browns have fascinating storylines. We just put them at nine in our power ranking. Debate away. But that's another one where it gets boring quickly. Like late in the year, and you'd see the you same know, thing already. Yeah. So, like going into the season last year, we said, "Wow, the AFC is loaded." If they have, they have like eleven teams that could have unbelievable seasons, and but there's also going to be a few of these good AFC teams, good on paper, who will not make the playoffs. And we didn't know who they were going to be going into the year, but it turned out it was Denver, who was just brutal to watch, and it was mm-hmm. Cleveland, who just. You know, couldn't get over the hump, even though Brissett was playing pretty well at quarterback, and then Deshaun Watson wasn't great when he came back. Uh, the Ravens, because they lost Lamar Jackson, it ended up being teams who look good on paper at the beginning of the season. I would just say, team like the Jags are going to be a sneaky primetime game. A team, the Lions are going to be a sneaky primetime team. Lions. I think um, Seattle will be a sneaky primetime team. You know, they're going to if Geno Smith plays in the ballpark of where he played last year with the talent that they've accumulated. If they hit not on, on another draft class, the Seahawks are making an impact. So mm-hmm. that's <clears throat> you want to, let's talk about some of the games that have been announced. Okay. We got a black Friday game. Aaron Rodgers emerges from the darkness to play in the first ever black Friday game. That's a pretty strained, uh, bit of imagery. But that's it. Yeah. That's what's, that's what's happened. I mean, it is. It's a 3 PM game. On the Friday, the Black Friday. Yeah. It's an interesting timing. Now, it's basically a holiday, right? Nobody's working, so it's not like they, it needs to be prime time because everybody's at work. But still, it's a weird time, I would have thought. Yeah, I mean, it's it's an off day here in America for most. Yeah. 
and there's a lot of college football on that day. I mean, I'm going to be in the middle, so I'll probably be slapping some Thanksgiving leftovers onto a cookie sheet, as much turkey and mashed potatoes, everything I can, warm it up. That's a what I cookie eat. sheet? Yeah, yeah, I just throw all the food onto a big cookie sheet. You rebake it? Just, for, just to heat it, reheat it. On a, on a baking So I'll probably sheet. be doing that right, right before the game. That'll be my lunch. You reheat it in an oven on a yeah. baking sheet? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's outstanding. The stuffing, the mashed, everything. Just throw it in there, warm it all up, warm the gravy up on the stove, dump it on, on everything, and go. So probably do, maybe I'll, maybe I'll wait. I'll do that right at 3 o'clock, right for kickoff time. Okay. Right in the middle of the day. All right. Oh, man, they're trying to own every, like, we're going to, we have to watch three Thanksgiving games. Just trying to spend some time with the family here, Sam. Oh, this is, so Thanksgiving is not, I mean, Christmas is, like, so all the games, obviously, Christmas is on a Sunday this year, right? So all the games Christmas are on Eve Sunday. Is the Christmas Sunday. Eve is the Sunday, yes. right? And so then they're Christmas already taking Day, our Christmas Eve, right. like then, they did last year. Then Christmas Day is getting the triple header. So there's zero family time for anybody. Yes. All the games and the, on Christmas Eve, and then more three games on Christmas Day. It's like, no, to hell with your family. We're, we're NFL's coming to town. So, yeah, that'll be fun. Um, what are the games that we got? <clears throat> Break it. We got, a, we got Kansas City, Cincinnati, Joe Burrow, Mahomes, five. New Year's Eve. Yes. In the four o'clock window. 425. We got a Christmas Day, one of the Christmas Day games, uh, the Giants, the Eagles. December 25th in the 4.30 p.m. window. That could be, I mean, I doubt the Giants will be as good as they were last year, but the Eagles should still be. Which game is that? Where are they playing? Uh, that is, I assume, though it's the the graphics are annoyingly, they're using the versus rather than at. So it's, you know, I assume it's Philadelphia. Verse, I think you still always put the the home team second. That's Even I with what verse. I assume they're doing. Even with verse. So Philadelphia, that's at Philadelphia, Christmas Day. And we've got the uh, the international games. Yeah, of which which featured Jacksonville playing back to back games. So they did that a few years ago, right? They're no, going I think this to... is the first time, right? They're staying there essentially. So I Jacksonville they did that before. I read a tweet saying it was the first time. I haven't fact checked the tweet, so you know, could be, could could not be. So they're playing week four and week five. Uh, I mean, it doesn't matter at or it's in London. Um, then Ravens Titans are also week six, and then the two Germany games: Frankfurt uh, week nine, Dolphins Chiefs, and week ten, Colts Patriots. So Tyree Kill doesn't get to go back to Kansas City; he's in Germany instead. Yeah, why would you take that away? Uh, I wouldn't take that one away. See that the problem is, like they had th- that one. Think of the number of things you need to factor in when you're running this schedule. Yeah, you but know? they didn't just like rerun the algorithm this week and say, "Oh, you're going to Germany." Like they, the international games, they definitely had. Right, but I'm just saying, like, a while but, ago. but you take that thing, you move that away, something else collapses. You know what I mean? Like, the imagine the number of things you must, the number of plates spinning you must have to have. How, how about only one NFC team playing internationally this year? Yeah, they used to do a really good job. Remember when they started in London? It was always AFC versus NFC, right? They they were like, oh, you can never have a division game over there, or you can never have a conference game over there. That's a you know competitive disadvantage. So. We're going to have AFC versus NFC, and now there's only one NFC out of the five international games. Mm-hmm. Are those all 9.30 UK starts? Uh, Germany starts? Usually, usually early. Six, aren't they? The Germany one will be different. They're an hour ahead of the UK, I think, Frankfurt. They're is. all morning starts for us, though. Yeah, usually of some description. Great stuff. It's just great. The real schedule is coming out tomorrow night. I'm surprised they don't have a 
a show to announce the announcing of the schedule day. They probably do, right? Oh, the the show to announce the announcing. Yeah, the like a big show to announce Thursday is when we're going to do the schedule announcement. Yeah, I'm they, kind of fascinated by how big a thing the schedule release is. You know, well, like, like I, you said, again, there's this is the one sport where people do. I don't think that's what it is, though. Like, do people make are genuinely, a point. People, it's one of those things where I'm happy to exist on an island as a minority that just doesn't get it. But people love it's this. because you work in it, and you're never going to travel. You no, it's it. not. It's not the traveling thing. There's the NFL made it a thing. The NFL made it into a thing. There's definitely a group of people that are interested in the schedule to plan trips. But there's a whole world of people that are not, that are still interested in the schedule for reasons that pass my understanding. When I'm commissioner of college football, they, they will implement a lot of these hype tactics that the NFL does. Hmm. College football has not used the full calendar properly the way that the NFL does. College football does not do – they have recruiting like right after the season, right? And then college football news is just over once recruiting is over. They're, they're getting better, the transfer portal, but they need to change the transfer portal windows to be one of the NFL openings. You can't have the transfer portal window in the middle of the NFL draft. The transfer portal window, if you're called, when I'm commissioner of college football, the transfer portal window should happen as soon as the draft ends. So then it's like this frenzy of there's undrafted free agency, there's a transfer portal, and then it becomes it goes into May during the NFL's dead time here, right? And then you have, then you change the scheduling, right? College football doesn't need to have, well, Florida and Utah have a home and home in 2039. Can't wait. Mm. Like, get your tickets now. Enough of that. Schedule it in April. Right away, you know, do a big schedule release for college football for the non-conference games and the conference games, even though you already know who you're playing. You know, you, you could do way more. But the, that's, why, that's why the schedule thing matters for the NFL. That's a uh, – I like Because the, they've hyped it up. I like that you've teed that up with your – when I'm commissioner of college football, we've got – for Monday's show, you're going to want to tune into Monday's show. You don't know about this because we're doing it behind your back and you're just going to have to roll with it. But – We've got a really cool segment teed up for Monday. It's where, you know, you're going to get to display some of your, your genius. So for people listening, tune in on Monday. This is one of our emails? For Steve, also I've tune in on Monday because you're going to find out what it is as well. Do I need, to, do I need time to do some no, no, uh, you're research? Good. Don't worry about it. Um, all right, we're moving on to something else. That's enough schedule talk, clearly. It's way more than needed. Right. Uh, one of the things we want to find out is or talk about, this has been a story the last couple of days. Can Kadarius Tony? actually end up being a number one wide receiver in Kansas City? Not by default, but can he actually take that role and embody a number one wide receiver the way everybody else understands the term? Uh, what would... Let's define wide receiver one. Let's go back and define this thing called wide receiver one. Okay. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Personally, I think there's 15 or 20 of them in the NFL. It's, okay. not, it's not like the highest. So you're not simply. It's the, not the receiving yards leader. Right. On the team. Yeah. I mean, if we're saying he's wide receiver one, he's in, the, in this league of, you know, from A.J. Brown and Tyreek Hill and Devontae Adams all the way down to who's the worst wide receiver one. I think the Chargers guys, when healthy, are like fringe wide receiver one types. I mean, Mike Williams and Keenan Allen. So 
simply leading a team in, t in targets, yards, whatever totally you want to put on it is not necessarily an achievement for wide receiver one throughout the NFL because there are some teams for that's not an achievement. Having said that, if you were to be the leading target, yardage, touchdown guy in Kansas City, it means you have bigger numbers than Travis Kelsey, which probably does act as a fair qualifier. Like if he comes out of next season and he has numbers that rival or beat Kelsey's, He's a number one wide receiver. Yeah, I mean, you'd probably be able to make that point. So, like, you could argue last season Juju was their number one wide receiver, right? And as you predicted, by the way. I well did. Done. Got that. Um, did you get me lunch the, or something? Do we, God, no, because you got go everything else in the world wrong. Go to Alabama's today. Um, but Juju had, in the regular season, 97 targets, 78 catches, 933 yards, and three touchdowns, which is a pretty miserable total for a wide receiver in today's NFL. But to beat Kelsey... You need 151 targets, 111 catches, 1,339 yards, and 13 touchdowns. That's a wide receiver won by pretty much anybody's standards. Look, I could see it happening. I mean, my, my instant reaction is, how did they use Kadarius Toney last year? I know they got him, you know, in the middle of the season, and they didn't get to fully implement him. But he had 20, during regular and postseason, 23 catches for just under 10 yards per catch, three touchdowns, a good receiving grade, 76, and... They moved him around a bunch. There was a lot of gimmick stuff. Now, the similarities to Tyreek Hill could be, in 2016, that was what Tyreek Hill was. It was like, here's this super fast fifth rounder with running back skills and wide receiver skills, and he became their jet sweep, uh, you know, space player, satellite player. And that's what Kadarius Tony started out, out as. So if you want to make that comparison and say, okay, he's got a full offseason with Mahomes and the Chiefs and all that stuff, Kidarius Tony's going to be the wide receiver one. They do lose Juju's 88 catches and 1,000-plus yards, but I don't think anybody – like, Juju put up good numbers, but nobody was like, oh, he's a wide receiver one. It's just he's, the, he's a receiver with the Chiefs. Yeah. You know, they had all these undefined roles which had, last year, which I think made the offense so good that Juju worked mostly underneath stuff. Valdez Scantling was your deep threat. Justin Watson, before you know it, became a random deep threat too, where they took they had shot plays. I think they're going to run the offense like that. They're going to Travis Kelsey is going to be your high volume guy, and then everyone else is just kind of being a part of the offense, and that you know made Mahomes better. Just saying here, you know, find the open guy. I mean, so I don't know if Tony's going to be like a force fed number one if that's yeah part of the. Question. I mean, in seven games last season with the Chiefs, he had sixteen targets. On 170 or 171 yeah. yards, it, it would take a massive seismic shift in what he's doing in his deployment to be a number one wide receiver. For three three point five average depth of target. So so like I said, they could say, "Hey, we've done this with Tyree Kill before, where we turned him from gimmick player into top receiver." But I wouldn't compare Tony to Tyree Kill. All that said, Tony had that one game. Yeah, had that one game against man, Dallas as a rookie against Dallas in 2021 where he was a high volume 10 catches looked like a superstar so for one game that maybe Kansas City could unlock that that's the thing where I think you sort of look and say all right if we talk conceptually about what a number one wide receiver is to me it's less about you know targets and volume and it's more about can you win at all levels of the field can you win from all alignments like that's a number one wide receiver to me you think of any of these guys Devontae Adams Justin Jefferson Tyreek Hill you know, whoever the number one wide receiver you want to talk about is, Jamar Chase, and you say, can they win from everywhere? Can they win at all levels? Can they win in, in all alignments? The answer is yes to all of them, right? Every one of those guys wins in a variety of different ways, and that's what makes them a number one wide receiver. I think Tony does have that 
capacity. Now, again, we haven't seen it as much as those other guys, but you look from a skill set standpoint and what he's good at, what he struggles with, he's got the size, he's got the quickness, he's got the speed. He can do all that. We saw it in that Dallas game. You could make him into that number one wide receiver. But with Kansas City, I feel like it's it's just a, a repeat of the conversation we had last year where we were trying to predict who their uh, primary receiver would be. Travis Kelsey's their number one receiver, but who's going to lead the team in terms of wide receiver numbers? Will it be Juju? Will it be Sky Moore? Will it be Marquez Valdez-Scantling? I think he has the ability to lead that to like to yeah. be the juju guy like get you know 900 yards a couple of touchdowns 50 75 catches something like that i don't think there's any real chance that he overhauls travis kelsey the other interesting thing is there's another cat and mouse game here with with the nfl where last year at this time it's like oh boy can the chiefs ever adjust to your too high you know you know the team's taking away their deep ball and all that stuff and they answered by having more yards after the catch than any team in NFL history or whatever it was last year. And Mahomes played a, a cleaner brand of football, took everything underneath. Um, was it Tony on both touchdowns in the Super Bowl where they were just wide open on that return, the return jet sweep return motion thing? I mean, it, it's the scheme plus Mahomes and the execution and all that stuff, right, that, that adds up to they're really, really good. So how does the how does the NFL respond now? Are they going to start playing it a little bit tighter? Where, again, Valdez Scantling was a good deep threat as he has been. Justin Watson averaged over 19 yards per catch. He's a pretty good athlete who could get down the field. But you're still not looking at the Chiefs' receivers and afraid of them. But it's the combination of Mahomes going to find is going to find the open guy and Andy Reid's going to give him open guys to throw to that make them difficult. But you're not looking at this receiving core saying I'm afraid of of this group. So I want to see how the NFL comes back and if they challenge them a little bit but I think the Chiefs just have obviously such a well-rounded group where Tony and Sky Moore uh, and Valdez Scaling all have their own skills here add Rasheed Rice to the mix here you know I think they're, they're going to spread the wealth and if Tony led the receivers in yards no I wouldn't be wouldn't be surprised yeah I think he, he can he definitely has the capacity to replace that Juju role and be their their leading receiver wide receiver uh, which will be a secondary threat in that offense to Travis Kelsey. So I think he, I mean, he's probably the front runner to do that, right? Walt Walt is pretty convinced that Travis Kelsey is like Tom Brady. He'll be able to play forever. Um, that He's going to be, what, 34 this year, Kelsey? Yeah. I don't think, there was a point where it looked like maybe he had lost a step a little bit, but I don't think that, I think he's gotten it back. He's kind of you know what I mean? I, I think he's step. fine. You know, I, I th- I've seen, we have some... You don't often see people find a step after they lose the step. Well, you thought Tom Brady lost a lost something in 2013. He found it again. For yeah, but he hadn't years. lost a step. He just lost the ability to play well for a while. Yeah, well, it depends on which uh, tracking numbers you're potentially looking at. But athleticism-wise, we have some numbers that say Travis Kelsey's been the same guy over the last four years. He still just looks a step faster than everybody else trying to cover him, much like Mahomes. I don't know how they have that ability. They're just a step faster than everybody when they need to be, when they run. Uh, but that's like the next test, I think, for Mahomes. Last year, I thought, hey, losing Tyree Kill is a test. Passed it perfectly. What happens when Ke- when they do lose Kelsey just a little bit? And um, you don't have he's – still, he's still such an X factor for that team that opens up everything else. So, Yeah, I mean, they don't have – an alternative to that at some like they're going to need one at some stage as as much as he doesn't look like he's slowing down right now it has to happen it's, it's sooner or later otherwise it would be absurd like he's 
10 months younger than Gronk, who's been retired twice, including for a year already. At some stage, he should start slowing down. Uh, while I have you, um, did just get an email about uh, people. So many of the emails are asking us to draft things, yes. right? Current NFL players, build your best team, build your best team by division. So you should stick around for the next two shows. Yeah. The expansion draft that somebody had suggested. Yeah. And when I hear that, I'm just overwhelmed by setting it up and all that stuff. But we have a, a dedicated listener who I uh, have met. I did meet at Sloan, by the way, one of our dedicated listeners. Oh. And he said he would set up the expansion draft for us do all the legwork to kind of set things up so we could draft. That might be need to be a thing that we do. How does that work? What's I mean, if we're going to do you have to have okay, here's a list of all, here's all the rosters, here's all the protected players, here's your Oh, so he's actually going to do the the other 31 teams or the other 32 teams. Yeah, like work. so we know who the talent pool is. I mean, right. that the the hardest part about setting up the expansion draft is all the legwork to say, okay, who's what what's the pool of players, what's right. the process and all that stuff. He's going to do that work. I would do it if Oh, yeah. Somebody presents me. me a list of players. Yeah. Let's draft them. That on, sounds on great. Let's yeah. do an expansion draft at some point. We should the, – the other thing is what if we both – what if we were both expansion teams? Yeah, like so you're, we got to do two. So you're the one. silly nannies and yeah. um, whatever. Right. You can't know. have one. It breaks the, pro the system. There's 32 teams now. So it works. we both get an expansion team to build from scratch okay. right now. Right. We should also – I think to make this good, we should pretend that this happened – Say in February, we draft our team, and then the NFL draft happens. Well, how did it work when the Texans had their draft? Was that before? I think they got the veterans first, and, and then the draft time. happened. Because then they got David Carr. Yes. Right. Gotcha. So, so we should pretend it's the beginning of free agency, right? We'd have so, to flip a coin for who gets the number one pick. Surely. You have yeah. to. So then we would each get seven picks in, in the NFL draft, and it would be the first or second pick of each round. And so we could go with who, who was available on the board at that given time. So okay. if you get the first pick, you can draft Bryce Young. Right. And I'll have to debate C.J. Stroud or maybe I'll, maybe I'll take Will Anderson. You never know. You would punt. You'd I would try like, to trade down. Expansion team. We I would stay. go into the mock draft simulator and trade down for 15 No, picks. you would be like, we're, we're an expansion team. We're going to stink year one anyway. I'm getting yeah. Caleb Williams next year. Like, that's what, that's what you would do. I yes. don't even need – I know that. I don't even need the debate. Yeah, I would take Will – you're yeah. right. I would take Will Anderson. Uh-huh. You're actually right, as an expansion team. Right. I, so was, I, I, I knew love, what you were doing. Literally, I knew what you were doing before you knew what you were doing. Thank you for reminding me. I am, I'm in on this. Walt will not be my scouting director. Okay. Don, yeah. in the chat. I will not take Walt. All right. We got one more question before we have to uh, do tomorrow's shows. <laughs> before we wrap it up. Yeah. It's a quick show today, theoretically. Email from Tyler Landis, who essentially asks, what's the difference between PFF grade and PFF war? says they, it seems like they should be tighter correlated. Um, and this was the guy, by the way, that gave us the uh, relative athletic score for the bear. So, you know, we owe him an answer. We do. He's done we us do a solid in the past. Yeah. So what's the difference between grades and war? Yep. And why are they not, you know, much more tightly correlated, judging by from, you know, from his outside look of when we mention them every now and again. Okay. For the nerds out there, and I, and I use that term. With affection. With all sorts of affection. But if you're into reading white papers, I'm not. But if you're into reading white papers, there's a war white paper out there from Dr. Eager. For, the, for those of us that are not nerd inclined, what is a white paper? It's a uh, nerdy explanation of the research, basically. Okay, gotcha. How's that? It's a detailed, process-oriented explanation of how, they, how, you know, how you came up with the, with the metric. Um, 
and also, why is War not available? War is exclusive to PFFIQ, which is the latest product that is uh, exclusive to NFL teams because it is uh, quite important in some of their team building efforts, especially if you use it properly. Um, we might need to release it at some point, though. Maybe we could just release the war numbers at some point and figure it out. Well, we, we're debating that internally all the time. Um, so basically, war, war is, is adding value to the grades. So one of the questions we wanted to ask year, for years was, okay, a 90 safety and a 90 receiver. Clearly, they might be the same level of play at their respective position, but which one's actually more valuable, right? When you're actually making team-building decisions, would you, in a vacuum, rather have a 90-graded safety or a 90-graded receiver? So that's where war comes in because it's basically putting value to the actual grades. And the other difference is where the grade comes from. So say a linebacker will have a run defense grade, a coverage grade, and a pass rush grade. We're going to weigh those based off a couple different variables. And war has really leaned into stability. It's stability and value. What are the, which, which are the facets that lead to winning? But I think maybe even more importantly, which are the facets are, are you really confident that you have captured what's on the field more than others. So basically, our because our run defense and run blocking grades are really consistent year to year, we can have more confidence that those that we are properly accrediting players in those in those areas. And because they're more stable, they might actually weigh a little bit higher in the in the war metric. So long story short, war is just adding value and stability to our grades and also volume. So we also have had debates for years about, from a grading standpoint, how do you grade someone who played at a certain level for 500 snaps and another guy for 1,000 snaps? Well, if you're playing average or better football for 1,000 snaps, you're adding more value to your team because you're on the field more. You're adding more actual value to your team than the guy who plays half as many snaps at a similar level. So war is based off the grades, where the grades are most valuable and stable, and then how often a player is doing it. Um, and again, what we found with the war metric is teams that have more war win more games. Teams that are above, uh, I think it's like seven war, or your 10 win teams all average, say, five to seven war. Your seven to nine win teams, it's below that. And, you know, it's, it does correlate pretty well to wins. Uh, I think, again, in the, in the white paper, you'll see like when it's calculated, you're basically taking a player and taking him off the team taking his contributions off the team and simulating the wins and then putting him back on the team and simulating the wins and seeing what the difference is. Um, so that's the, the gist of, of how it's done. Um, and I think that's, you know, if you're, I think for NFL teams, there is a lot of signal in using this metric and using that metric in different ways, tying it to salary, tying it to team building decisions that will lead to more wins over time. All right. How's that? Yeah, good. That's well it? Done. You have anything to add to that? Not really. You're the, oh, okay. uh, you're the war guy. I am. I mean, I'm like the simple explanation I mean, yeah. war guy. I'm not the, not the modeler for this. But again, my, the draft model that I've made is all tied toward predicting, predicting war. And I think predicting war is a good thing. Mm -hmm. So you're talking to people in the chat. What are you talking about here? I, can't play, I used to play Madden. I'm not like a good Madden player. Hmm. because I, was, I wanted to just replicate football too much. 
So I would never lean into, you know, the the plays that always work, you know, throwing jump balls to Randy Moss over and over again. All all the like the glitchy plays that always seem to work. Yeah. I would lean away from those because I wasn't trying to beat the game. I was trying to like, you know, do good football stuff. So I was never like a good Madden player. No, I mean we definitely it's we're way overdue some form of Madden involved stream with the two of us. Like that's that should be one of our off season shows somewhere along the light. We we talked a little bit off air, I think, about what it could look like. There's also just playing a game, like all kinds of stuff we could do with Madden. We should definitely do that at some point during the off season. Um also I forgot that we should do a, a mutant league football game. Stream that. That'd be good. No. You must have played that, the original one, right? No. I you never played the original any, Mutant League football. Listen to me. Mutant League hockey? Did you do either no, of them? No. No. You were I want a realism component with 1990s. Only real, I want no, I have no interest in any of that. Listen, you were the, into 8-bit realism. Is that your argument here? I mean, I played ice hockey with the fat guys, right. skinny guys, and all that stuff. Yeah. I never played any Mutant League anything. So you were only, yeah. but that's, Any game that didn't have real players, real names. <laughs> I uh, stuck my nose up at it. So Mutant League Football had, uh, you know, when you, like, don't get the rights to something and you have to make up the fake names? So they made up the fake names because obviously they didn't have the rights to the NFL guys, but they, like, <clears throat> they were sort of, you know, kind of NFL players. Yeah. So Bo Jackson was Bones Jackson, you know, when he was a skeleton. Yeah. So they, like, they did Bones, it that yeah, way. Yeah. yeah. It was pretty good. That's good, yeah. No, I, I listen, the deep, dark secrets are the deep, dark message boards that I was on you know, renaming every player in college football when it came out in 2002. Mm. You, you know, sending sending memory cards to people with either the named rosters or my buddy Mike and I, who were both in college, exchanging memory cards. Like, all right, you name the SEC, I'll name the ACC. People like, just, I couldn't play a game until I had everybody's name in there, and it was no longer just QB number eight. People just don't appreciate how much of a pain in the ass doing things was pre-internet. Oh, it's it, ridiculous. Yeah. Mailing people PlayStation memory cards. Two, you could send people a memory card, yeah. and they would the load. Yeah, right. they would load the named rosters, well, and then they would send it back for like ten bucks or whatever what an it was. Absolute pain in the ass. Yeah, and so the first year I tried to name it myself, and it's like, man, we're going good, we're going good, and you're like, man, I've got like fifty teams to go. Yeah, been doing this for weeks. So it's, eventually, I just started sending the memory card. Yeah, uh-huh. um, and then, you know, like MLB the show, I was. Because I was in the message boards, the people that were making the MLB The Show rosters that had AAA and AA teams, they were mostly made up. They would fix all the rosters, get all the right players. I made sure that I was in there. Even though I wasn't a prospect, I was in the video game <laughs> because I was like, hey, guys, you gotta, did you think the relief pitcher Palo Zolo should be on the Connecticut defenders here? Yeah. Like, no, he's, he's like the 30th best player on the team. We only have 25 spots. I'm like, no, you got to get him in. He's going to go places. Mm. So I was in the video game in that roster set. You know, like, that's the world I lived in. None of this Mutant League stuff. I'm just saying the original Mutant League football was an awesome Genesis Mega Drive game. You missed out. Mutant League hockey was good, too. I never played that in Genesis. What, what was that? It's, I played Madden in Genesis. You could bribe. I hated, I hated game day when yeah. it came out in Genesis because it was so unrealistic you compared could, to Madden. Uh, you could bribe the refs. You know, to, to give you a call. But then once they did, yeah, I'm not playing any of this. once they did, the opposing team would have to kill him because, you know, they're getting screwed. Otherwise, you'd keep giving them calls so you could go kill the ref. Oh, you missed out. It was a good game. Yeah, the other, anyway, yeah, my other video something. game highlight was NCAA 06 or whatever it was in 2006. I'm playing in Montana for the summer, and two of my teammates and I, all we did is recruit all year and we, uh, all, all night after games. And, uh, 
nothing to do in Montana. So we made it to like the year 2086 or something like that, recruiting nonstop. Good yeah. times. Anyway, we'll be doing something. Let's wrap it up, Madden. People can relate to this. People are watching us talk about old video games. We should do more of that. We're practically Twitch streamers right now. We're basically, yeah. yeah. I mean, there's a, whole, there's a whole world there that we could partake in. <laughs> uh-huh. All right, is that it? Yep. All right, thanks to everybody for tuning in. We'll see you again tomorrow. What are we doing tomorrow? We are right now? drafting legends for each of the 32 NFL teams, essentially making them better by adding one prior team legend to their roster. Let's be good. A little yeah. NFL history here. Uh-huh. All right, let's do it. Thanks to everybody for tuning in. We'll see you again tomorrow with more PFF NFL Podcast.